This week's In the Know podcast is brought to you by G&G Operators. Did you know that G&G Operators have had a hand in almost every major construction project in Dalhart for the past few years? Not only that, but G&G Operators have been keeping construction projects in Dalhart and the surrounding areas safe and structurally sound since 1994. They have an amazing crew to handle all your site preparation needs for any size project that you can think of. Call today to start your projects, 806-244-4297. G&G Operators is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know. Brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information with your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, superintendent of a Dalhart school system. Your program today is brought to you by G&G Enterprises. Uh, we're thankful that they are interested in you knowing what's going on at our school. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me again. Well, Jeff, today I think one of the things that's on people's minds in Dalhart is this bond election that's going to come up uh, May 6th. Yes, sir. And I think that's uh, whether somebody is for it, against it, uh, considering it, I think it's going to be on their mind. And it's going to be on their mind the closer we get to it. And I realize that legally you're not in a position that you can be promoting this bond issue, that you have to just absolutely stick to the facts and the transparency of it and let people know what the benefits and what the costs are without saying, please go vote for it. <laughs> yes, Is that correct? That's a thousand percent correct. We, You know, the, the one thing that I can encourage people to do is regardless of what side of the fence you're going to stand on, we're, we're going to be as a district as absolutely transparent as we can possibly be. We're going to have town hall meetings. Um, again, I can't campaign for or against the bond, but I can share facts and, and help people gather information so that they can make the best decision for them uh, i'm certainly willing i'm a member of the rotary club I'd, I'd love to speak to the rotary club anybody that has any organization or group we're more than willing to come and do a presentation we've got three town hall meetings scheduled and i'll try to get those dates to you before we get off the air today all i'm asking is that before you make a decision for or against that you gather the information and be as involved in, in be happy to have a phone conversation be happy to make a presentation to any group organization and like i said we'll have three town hall meetings in dalhart and would and would love to have as many people show up for those as possible sounds great well let's talk first about what this bond issue is going to be used for well the, the what's been proposed by the facility improvement committee and in the recommendation that they presented to the board that the board has called for the election for is for a total of 50 million dollars and in the, the big projects that we're looking at are the construction of a new intermediate campus that will accommodate our grades three through five we're also going to design that facility if the bond passes to where at some point 
somewhere down the road we could tie into that. It's going to be designed to where we could show if we showed growth as a community and or later we decide to, as an example to maybe move the elementary school close to that. It's designed where we could continue to expand on that facility. Uh, we're also looking at campus renovations currently at our elementary campus and our junior high campus. The life expectancy of those large HVAC units is 15 years, and we, um, not to 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 speak poorly of planning of previous administrators or anything like that, the life expectancy of those HVAC units is 15 years old. Our newest HVAC units in our district are the 12-year-old units on top of the high school. So if we don't start planning and preparing for the replacement of those HVAC units, we're going to be in a real bind at some point. Well, I know when uh, when I have to replace something in my house, I usually don't replace it until it totally goes out. But I don't have dozens and dozens and <laughs> yeah. dozens of HVAC units. Now, when you replace these, you would think that they, the ones you replace them with might be more efficient than the ones that are there, so there might be some yes, cost sir. savings to the school well, district. Well, I think there certainly is going to be cost savings to the district as far as, as what our monthly heating and cooling bills will be. <clears throat> the thing that I've tried to do district-wide in every department, be it technology, athletics, maintenance of operations, our fleet of our buses, our Suburbans, you know, uh, my second superintendent job, I got there and we had a large sum of money in fund balance, but our newest bus was 17 years old. And we actually had the resources to go out and buy the buses. I, I showed the board the bond that we were in and they're like, we've got the money, let's just go out and buy six or seven buses. Well, that's not really smart business. If you purchase six of them at the same time, their life expectancy is going to go out. And the decisions that the school board and the superintendent make, I'm, I'm on the tail end of my career. And the life expectancy of a superintendent in the state of Texas is 3.6 years. I'd like to think I'm going to outlive the life expectancy average before I'm asked to leave Die Hard. That's my goal. But where I'm going with that is the decisions that the school board and the superintendent make today are going to have a direct effect on the school board and the superintendent and the staff and the students, most importantly, 15 years from now. So by generating and creating a five-year purchase, sell, and repair plan, we, we need to be buying one to two buses a year to every other year. And the life expectancy and the warranties of those buses are going to extend out for five to ten years, if that makes sense. Same thing with our, our HVAC units. When you build a new facility like we did at the high school, and I believe in 2011-12, or hypothetically if the bond were to pass and we build a new intermediate school, the life expectancy of those HVAC units is all going to be the same. We certainly don't need to put the same life expectancy at the junior high, the elementary, in the high school where all of those units that want, will be back in the same boat 15 to 20 years from now, and that's not what my desire would be. My desire would be for us to have a strategic replacement plan where, as opposed to choking on the elephant, we're taking one bite at a time, and we have a plan for the future. That sounds good. Well, you also are going to do some renovations on some of the sports complexes. Yes, sir. Most importantly, I think that uh, I'm obviously I'm an old baseball coach, so that's got a special place in my heart. But if you look at the chain links around the baseball and the softball field, they leave a little to be desired in some areas. 
we're probably, and I don't want to go on record as saying this and somebody use this against me, but you're going to have to look pretty long and hard to find a high school baseball field that doesn't have lights. We don't have baseball lights. We don't have softball lights. Uh, one of the biggest conversations in our community the last two or three days is is we, we play a varsity contest at 4 o'clock. We try to finish that game by 6, then we have a JV contest after that. Well, it's dark. If you go anywhere where we play opponents, we can play the varsity contest at 4 o'clock, and then they can turn the lights on and we can play the JV contest. But isn't it a lot more fun playing in the dark? Well, as a former <laughs> baseball player, I'd prefer to have a little light. My batting average was higher when I could see what I was doing. But um, uh, we, we need to, we, we've got a really nice scoreboard on the baseball complex that we don't have at the softball complex. And we certainly want the girls to have the same opportunity and have the same facility that the boys have currently. I think it's long overdue. Um, it's something that's needed that I just can't write a check for. I understand that. Well, we're going to say this several times during this broadcast, but the election day is May 6th. That's correct. But there is early voting, and it seems like the majority of people early vote. And that date is April 24th through May 2nd. That's correct. So if people are going to vote, yes or no, whatever they're going to vote, they may want to look at April 24th to May 2nd because yes, they might sir. not be hanging around on May 6th to make that election. Well, I, I think that the older I get, as, as someone who has voted in the recent elections, regardless of where I've been, in the last 10 to 15 years, there's certainly been a larger swing where the majority of the voting's done before the actual voting date. And another date that we haven't discussed for those that are new to Dallam or Hartley County, such as myself, we want to make sure that we're registered to vote by April the 6th. Okay. Do you know how you register to vote? Well, I, I think that I do, but um, I, I've done mine by mail everywhere I've been, but I believe you can go and request that that information be done at the county clerk's office, but I'll have that information at our next interview to share. This week's In the Know podcast is brought to you by G&G Operators. Does getting ready and preparing for a product stress you out or make you second-guess your plans? Stop waiting and pull the trigger. G&G Operators make preparing your site easier than ever before. They have years of experience working with conditions in the area, specialized tools, and equipment that allow all aspects of your project from design to execution go without a hitch. Call today to start your projects, 806-244-4297. G&G Operators is excited to keep you in the know about Delhart ISD news and updates. That's 806-244-4297. I guess, you know... Uh you were talking about the older you get, and there are people, well, we've got a community that's got quite a lot of people that are 65 and older. Yes, sir. Uh, me among them. <laughs> and there's always a question about how, do, how does a bond issue work for people that are 65 or older, particularly on their homesteads? Yes, sir. Uh, what effect is this bond going to have on people that are over 65? Well, I think that a lot of times elections are passed or failed with the vote. It's it's proven fact that the majority of your voters are going to be 65 or older. And sometimes people don't do a good job of communicating that information to them and certainly don't want to over or disrespect or oversee them or not make them feel included or important because I can assure you that this bond will pass or fail with the vote of the, of the group that's in the 65 to year range or older. On Homestead specifically, for those at the age of 65, there's a home exemption 
affidavit, but they have to go to the appraisal district and apply for that, and most of them have. But you, you would be surprised. I've, I've been involved in one other bond at another district, and until we started sharing that information, there's there's quite a few folks at 65 that don't know or understand that if they've if if they've applied for that exemption that it affects them and it's not going to increase their taxes their taxes will be frozen on their homestead property and that's that's also bond not just not just uh, M&O, uh, yes, sir, operations that, and maintenance but this is on the this INS, is interest yeah. in sinking bond dollars have no effect on a on a person that's 65 or older if they have a homestead exemption that is correct and really anybody that's 65 or older really should fill out a homestead affidavit because their taxes regular taxes go up until they fill this out once they fill it out and claim that as their homestead there's no additional taxes on their home at all is that correct correct. that's correct and i certainly don't want to give inaccurate information but i believe once that's filled out I honestly don't remember if it's one to two years, but you can actually go back after you fill that and are still eligible for it at, at that time. And I'll try to get that information and well, share that as well. I've, I've never heard that, but uh, that, that would be a big plus for somebody. Well, let's talk about cost because that's always the big deal. And there's yes, two ways to look at cost. You know, young people seem to look at costs. Uh, how much is it per month? older people seem to look at it what is this total cost going to cost me per year uh, because they're going to write that check that way so what is the cost of this bond should it pass you're still in my thunder because my my analogy that i give is my father could care less what it's going to cost him per week per month or year even he wants to know what the total project's going to cost and what it's for but if you go talk to my 22 or my 24-year-old son, they could care less about the total cost. They want to know how it's going to affect them monthly and annually. And and we've got to do a good job and be transparent enough for we provide the information for both age groups and, and to meet both of their needs. So on an M&O, we currently pay – we we are compressed to $0.87 cents currently. You know, that's what it takes to operate the school, not what correct. it takes to build it or the capital. That, this is maintenance and operation. That is correct. And we already have $0.7.15 cents in INS debt. So currently our taxpayers pay a little over $0.94 cents per $100 value currently. And what we are suggesting is a twenty point oh eight five increase in taxes for the 50 million dollar bond and if you take the the 20.085 and you add that to the 7.15 cent in taxes that's an a total ins debt of 28 cents so you take the 87 cents that's the compressed mno and you take the 28 cents of the ins debt we currently have and what it would cost for us to do this project and that will come out to exactly a dollar fifteen per hundred dollars in value. Okay, so to kind of put that in perspective, somebody that has a hundred thousand dollar house, and you add this twenty cents, which is what the bond is twenty point oh eight. Yes, sir. Five. If if you add that at twenty cents, that's a hundred and twenty five dollars a year. Yes, sir. And you go well. My $100,000 house, how do I figure what the price of my house is? Because things are going up all the time. Yes, sir. So you would look at that and say, okay, that 100000 is appraised value by the tax office yes, sir. less 
the forty thousand dollars for their homestead. Less the forty thousand for your homestead. So if it's your homestead, the primary place that you live, and you've yes, filed sir. your homestead exemption, which yes, hopefully sir. you have, uh, that's really a, a hundred and forty thousand dollar appraised value house at the tax office. Yes, sir. Is one hundred twenty five dollars, which is ten dollars and forty three cents a month. Is yes, that yes, pretty sir. well correct? Yes, sir. And you know, people are confused by well, if if it's ten dollars and forty three cents for a hundred thousand dollar home, how can it be forty five eighteen per month for a three thousand three hundred thousand dollar home? Well, again, it's your your taxable appraised value minus your forty thousand dollar homestead. So forty thousand from a hundred thousand is much less than forty thousand at three hundred thousand. If that makes sense. So to to be very specific on a hundred thousand dollar home, the annual increase would be one twenty five ten per year, and ten dollars and forty three cents per month. For a three hundred thousand dollar home, it would be five hundred and forty two dollars and ten cents per year, for forty five dollars and eighteen cents per month. On a four hundred thousand dollar home, it would be seven hundred and fifty dollars and sixty cents per year and $62.55 per month. On a $500,000 home, it would be $959.10 per year and $79.93 per month increase. Okay, well, I misstated something earlier then because I thought this 100000 at $10 uh, didn't include your homestead exemption. But No, sir, it, it doesn't. But th- that's just th- that's how they calculate the, the annual increase. Okay, but th- but those that that does include your homestead. Okay, well, see, I was counting that as a hundred and forty thousand dollar home yes, when it's sir. really a hundred thousand. So yes, that's my mistake. I want to be sure that we're completely transparent and completely sure. accurate here. Yes, so, sir. Uh, so, if you've got a hundred thousand dollar appraised home, you're going to pay ten dollars and forty three cents a month, or you're going to pay one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. I'm not a, not one hundred twenty five thousand, one hundred twenty five dollars and ten cents increase. Okay, well, the intermediate school is the one that you would be building, uh, so you would be doing away with what building? The intermediate school, and, and part of the recommendation that the Facility Improvement Committee made to the board is in that $50 million bid, they were very adamant for the community's sake that we not move out of the intermediate school and leave that facility vacant. Okay, and when we talk intermediate school, it's kind of confusing because it's the old at one time school. that was the high school, and then later it was the junior high. <laughs> yes, now sir. it's the intermediate. So it's the it's the big two story building on Oak Street That's we're talking correct. about tearing yes, down. Sir. Yes, sir. Okay, and I guess just a gut level deal: if you build a new intermediate school and you tear down this old one. Should our expenses on operating that intermediate school be higher or lower? Do you have a thought on that? Well, in the studies that we've done in both at the facility we built in Vernon and what we will be recommending that we build here, the cost efficiency will drastically decrease. So it will give us more money in our operating expense to spend on instruction as opposed to heating and cooling of a facility. Okay, well, I've been in that building. And I think it's as, I mean, I, if I were going to have an atomic bomb hit here, I would like to be in the building. Uh, yes, but sir. if I wanted to go to school and I was a third through a fifth grader, I'd probably have a little feel that that might not be the most modern, efficient, or pleasant school building to be in. Y- y- yes, sir. Uh, 
Well, you know, the, it depends on which who, who you're visiting with. Those buildings were built back when buildings were really built. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I joked around in Vernon, we had a, a building that was built pre-World War II and one that was built right after World War II. And if the Germans ever invaded Vernon, I was going to one of those two buildings because the the walls are Haydock block filled with concrete that are 24 inches wide. So they are very sound structural, but infrastructure-wise and cost-efficient and insulated, they're just absolutely, it costs a lot of money to operate those two buildings. Well, and they're and they're close to 75 years old, yes, so they've got some age to them. Okay, again, the, the election date is May 6th, 2023, May 6th. And early voting is April 24th through May 2nd. The purpose of this discussion today is to bring you facts and accuracy and transparent so that you can make up your mind on how you feel about this, uh, this issue that's going to be before you, the voter. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything else you want to add to what we've said today? Yes, sir. Just really quickly. Um I'm, I'm trying to look at my calendar and talk at the same time, so I apologize for uh, struggling so much here. But we have our first town hall meeting. It's going to be at the Frank Phillips College campus here in Dalhart. It's going to be on March the 23rd at 7 p.m., and I believe that that is going to be on a Thursday. That is a Thursday. And then our second meeting, we haven't determined what site that will be at yet, and we will share this information with the public just as quickly as we can. We'll be on April the 4th, and we have not picked a site for that yet, and that April 4th is a Tuesday. And then on April the 20th, which I believe is another Thursday, we have not picked that date yet either. Okay, so you're going to have town hall meetings. They're going to be informative meetings. The first one and the one we really probably need to know about at this point is Thursday, March 23rd, 7 p.m. at Frank Phillips. At the college, yes, sir. Yes, at the Frank Phillips College here in town and uh, at the the Rawl campus. And so uh, that's Thursday, March 23rd, 7 p.m. So if you've got any questions about this bond election um, or you want to come and influence somebody one way or the other, please show up. We, we want everybody to have an opportunity to be heard and have their questions. That, uh, when I, of course, uh, it's been several years ago, but I went to Dr. Pa- uh, Bob Thompson's Superintendent Academy at Lamar University, and he said the first lesson any superintendent should learn is quit taking offense to things when people disagree with you. When you move to a community, and you're trying to do something such as a bond, you need to remember three things. It's their kids, it's their school, and it's their money. And that's uh, I've learned to be a lot happier and more content superintendent when I learn to accept that. But we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, At each one of these town hall meetings, we'll make a 20, maximum 30-minute presentation, and then we'll have the floor open from anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to ask or to answer any questions that any community member has about this. Um, We're going to do that three times at those town hall meetings. I will come to any church. I'll come to any organization meeting. Any group that would like to hear from me, uh, if you'll contact my office or email me, I will do everything in my power to accommodate your schedule. And again, I'm not campaigning one way or another. I just want to be there to answer questions and share as many truthful facts as I possibly can. 
Okay, sounds great. Uh, I appreciate your transparency, and we appreciate G&G Enterprises for uh, giving us this opportunity to let you know what's going on at the school. Uh, this has been in the know, part of the Dalhart Connection. You can be sure and go to kxit.com for any past episodes or to rehear this one or any other community info. We'll see you next week. Good afternoon, and thank you for calling G&G Transmix. This is Curtis. How can I help you? I was hoping to get some concrete supplies for a project I was wanting to start, but I wasn't sure if you could help. It's just a home project. Nothing like the giant projects I know you do for commercial buildings. Of course we can help. We love bringing big, small, and in-between dreams come to life. If you need five yards or 500, we would love to supply you with anything you need. We also have rebar, rebar chairs, wire mesh, and anything else you need for your concrete project. Perfect. I am so glad I called you today. Tell me about your dream, and I'll help you put together everything you need to make it happen. At G&G Transmix, they can help bring dreams of all sizes to life. Call them today at 244-4298, and they can get you any concrete or supplies you need. G&G Transmix is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates.